Hi. <laughs> People don't usually pay attention when I walk up here. Okay, so um, I'm Simone White, and I am the program director here at the Poetry Project and also the host of the Wednesday night series. Welcome. Um, you're here tonight for Asio Wadud and for Terrence Hayes, and I'm happy to see you. I always tell you what's happening at the project in the next couple of days. Um, maybe you know that the Encyclopedia Project, the last volume, is launching on Friday. So Friday, come out for that. That should be great. Um, Monday, there's an open reading. We still have them. Monday, Rami Kareem and Ladan Osman will be here. And next, um, oh, obviously, next Wednesday is thanks, next Thursday is Thanksgiving. So I'm talking about the week after Thanksgiving. And then um, Wednesday, 11:29, Nicole Eisenman will be here, and I'll be in conversation with her about her recent uh, public work in uh, at um, in Munster. So that should be fun too. Um, it's so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready? Okay, good. Asya Wadud is a poet and second grade teacher. Her newest poems can be found in Sublevel and Sixth Finch, and she has pieces forthcoming in Chicago Review, Best American Experimental Writing, Moxin, and 111010, among others. She's a current LMCC process space artist in residence and was a finalist for a 2017 NIFA Arts Poetry Fellowship. In 2017, Portable Press at Yo-Yo Labs published her chapbook, We Too Are But the Fold, which is available here for sale tonight. And her first book, Crosslight for Youngbird, is forthcoming from Nightboat. She lives in Brooklyn, where she loves animals, and sometimes I run into her on the corner of Nostrand and Hancock. Do I no longer believe in anything? Not God, I mean anything. Asya Wadud's poems are saturated with the idea that there is such a thing as God's will, which has no equivalent. In the conceptual universe of a non-believer, God's will can be almost understood as a thing that shapes pinpoint wills en masse. God's will is what organizes the proportionate relations of life and death. Organized violence is merely a wave in the overall cosmos of the greater organization. This worldview involves a reader broadly and immediately in the sense of the world which isn't of the West, has nothing to do with it. If the writer we're reading was, quote, born poor and black just below the Mason-Dixon line, unquote, I'm interested in the reorganizations her work proposes for thinking what those words might mean. She writes, all light ultimately crests, new light reaches. I assume this is God's will. I assume God's will is ascendant. Light is limitless. A searchlight rightly casts a final glow. The lambent light is its own direct knowing. It's okay, we got this. Remember, we too are but the fold. According to the principles of the distribution of light, or God's will, what governs all relatedness, a person interested in the future must account for each flicker or movement of the enclosures that engage and separate us from and with one another. She writes, who needs an isthmus when both ends lead to nothing? Asius' work takes, indeed, a bird's eye view. I think it is possible to believe in the invocation of the wide view. Please welcome Asia Wadud.
Thank you so much for being here, and thank you, Simone, for having me tonight. Um, I'm going to be reading some pieces from my forthcoming book, as well as pieces from um, the chapbook, We Too Are But The Fold. Calais onward. Empire, rot, boundless, mullest isle, full light, moored light, come light, a sepulcher, if not, mark a journey, supplicate, pray Muhammad and Fatima, pray Amira and Inshallah, a litany of all the names, of all the men, the women, all our progeny, every chaos, every need, our best maps, what mattered, what became, a book of prayers, save for daylight and moonlight and damned light, to retrieve a body. All these days we remembered to make it, to mourn, to mark a journey, a white shrift, unsullied. Mashallah, my God can deliver. My God saves face. My God, solemn hunter. My God, a privation. My God, in the light, call it pilgrimage. Call it crystalline. Call it empire. Call it salt honed. Call it Calais. Onward, London. Home 16 Ways. In Swahili, indege means bird and airplane intertwined. In a new patois, indege significa pajaro na fluxoic. To speak of a young bird is to say nothing of its boomerang comeback, let alone its able wings, let alone its constitution, and of its webbed feet as metronome, and eyes a gilded stayed light, and gaped golden teeth, and tongue a ready supplicant, small body roundly racked with pain. Who keeps watch through these thickets, young bird? To speak of a young bird is to say nothing of its glistening plumage, and nothing of its matted plumage, and nothing of its missing plumage, whose downy feathers know no borders, whose supple mind learns mother tongues, whose strong jaws to claim the sounds. Say Amira, Amira. Say Fatima, Fatima. Say Mustafa, Mustafa. Say pillage and mashallah for the storm that's come and gone. Young bird fed from birth, bismillah, kalka makes the bone firm. Bismillah, many ways to call a home. Bismillah, a bevy beats syncopated with our gangster country we always love. And in any language, it's the same. Bird is airplane intertwined. The ascendant, the ancients, the sun, the waters that swell, that keep the anchor so urgent, won't burnish or shank my home. And if it does, there are 15 new ways to say home. Kaleti, Lampedusa, Calais, Quietude, Mashallah, Hamburg, Patera, Skorsgog, a sovereign nation's peace flag, and 16 ways to say home. After home is a bounty, after home is wrought in name alone, and after it's a new shame, a savage pummeling at the Balkan border. Young bird, wings relent, but mashallah always, a crisp, clean shrift.
new bird, you will find the air here easier on your two lungs. You will see some searching eyes, some webbed feet as metronome, other tongues, other supplicants. No, most untamed birds come in peace, and just a few to feast on carrion. Every bird has a god. Every bird has a compass in its brain. Young bird, your plumage is coming in full, velveteen, shirking doom. We're lucky, sisi nipahati, our fortune, inshallah, the will, the ascendant. Lita meet Lori after Pondorf. Her name was Lita from the family of Ram. Someone loved the baby and boarded her on a northbound lorry. They began their journey in Rojki, rev the engine maybe, standing room only, undoubtedly. The man at the wheel, Miko, I wonder where he keeps his own humanity, tucked in a hull abut his neat, steady breathing. Maybe a wallet photo of his own mother to remind him he's still breathing. Shame he won't extend outstretched to the 71 asphyxiating. Imagine for a minute the calm shore that bathed them, slick near the edges but a near god to keep them. Mothers outstretched, arms that cupped them, teeth that made the pleading sound reunion. Heavy tongue enveloped them, papers that named them. Maybe Amir, maybe Hassan, maybe Empire, maybe break back in some the red sun. And among them, those who bathed the quick waters, Lita speaking, her toddler brother under wing. Lita clenching for small air, just enough for a baby, just enough to claim victory. Miko, 29, behind the wheel. What did he ever think of his mother, his own unflailing breathing? Miko, you think he, thinks, you think he knows of Lita's failing ventricles, of the shrift her father unfolds? Her name was Lita from the family of Ram. Someone loved the baby. Now a container holds the bodies of the 71. They were all once breathing, among them able ventricles, among them capacious atria. They were all named at birth. They were named on the day they were born. They were anticipated. Among them, there were likely many eyes, some who loved the sun, some the red earth, some the green on which they cut their teeth, some the black forest. Each yearned their own yearn, each mourned their own mourn, each fought their own one, everyone with some kin before them. Didn't they all know the world as it was named? Bits of clothes, 17 travel documents, 40 cell phones, in a meat truck, in which the cooling system had been shut, in which the air ducts were blocked, in which God sepulchers light? What kind of rancor? The derelict is how they die. What kind of God won't see them? What kind of man drives a truck across the border, forgetting his own mother? With each breath Miko took, could he not then name them? Name the diminished breaths of the 71? With each breath Miko took, could he not remember in his lorry some who loved the sun? Some like Lita, who may be yet to know the sun? Some like her toddler brother, dying to show her the sun? Some like her mother, who always seeks out the supple sun? They began their journey in Rojki, Miko, 29, behind the wheel. What did he ever think of his mother, this fissure of humanity, who think he knows of Lita's ventricles and atria? Newborn heart the size of ripe walnut, postage stamp the size of a love-beating heart, of contours, of countries, of lorries. You can say their names. They were named. Some mother, some father pushed the baby into the waiting new world. 
Some mother gripped the yolk sack between her teeth. Some father held the baby just the length of his musculature. Eyes glisten for this one, alive. Make to see life and then name them. Maybe in their likeness, maybe in earnest, maybe to capture the fold, maybe as a reaching, maybe to know the baby came. And now, 71 asphyxiating. In the end, they know somebody still loved them. In the end, they know they walked slick near the edges. They know others came before them. They remember their mother's mouths gripped them. The disavowed, the vulgar, the sun moored, the failed marooned, the god come lately, the black sinister, the widow that grips tight lock the seal, the body in a state of repose, the body as it depreciates, the body at the end composed. Lita is a baby loved enough to bring on a lorry from the family of Ram. Someone loved the baby and boarded her on a northbound lorry. I would not think to touch the sky with two arms, Sappho, if not winter, fragments of Sappho, translated by Ann Carson. Still life on Lesbos. Imagine Sappho fishing for her meager supper. Imagine Sappho as a clam, Sappho mercurial, staying lit by the rubbish pyre. Imagine Sappho doubling down on an uncertain patera. Imagine Sappho in a life vest, no love. Imagine Sappho with bunions, heel spurs, and hammer toe. Imagine Sappho in a diving bell, port starboard lesbos. Imagine Sappho as the sun. Expect the sun to run aground. Now see the sun luminous. Now see it when we had some. See the many eels that will carry us. Pray the life at high noon, a sealed edge our religion. Imagine Sappho mopping the camp's floors. Imagine Sappho still liminal, awaiting her mother's remittance. Sappho at the end, resettled in Hamburg. Now touch the sky with two arms. Now touch the sky with two arms. Okay. A phoenix justly transmutes ruin. The brutal is etched, but the bird alights. The brutal is written, but the bird alights. The brutal is engraved, but the bird alights. Take flight, stay right, but the bird alights. Take flight, stay right, but the bird alights. On the structure of birds. Can you read a map? Who taught you that the good north was that? Can you spell fatal to map an abiding passage? The Fata Morgana is always superior. It senses the horizon and it laps the waters. Who taught you to read a map like that? Can you see a map? You mean the manifested frontier? Can you see it like that? I know what I saw and he was contrite. I know what I saw and the other was holy. All the many ways of seeing. Who taught your English and who taught you like that? Who named you and said, come straight to the light? What goodness, what many Wolof men still think Rio holds some dream? What northern light? Who sees Sharifa and only then sees Jane? Who sees light streaming in from my fourth floor garret? This is a suitable abundance, this clasp I call sun. This is some newness I'm catching to rectify the loss. And you still insist that we validate your map. 
Who told you this semblance should be named language? Who wrought this, some small god lingering in stillness, some prophet twice disposed, some dirty fingernails, some of the ransacked? Who told you once bitten, now the baby shy? Who likes a god who dreams in total and wide? I left for today so I can come back strong. Who knows the word borders is a foul translation for brethren? Who knows the map is better left dead? Who told you that? Who speaks through a knotted tongue? Whose pine needle branches? Who would say the swallow slopes his four chambers to the sun? Who would say the swallow's furcula breaks in two? Who too would say that a free bird freely alights? Who then would say a free bird enters any nation? Who knows the free bird can eat any worm? The free bird keeps no army and is not bellicose. Who wants to look me in my face and remind me daily that I come from small hands, clean hands, clay hands, and mired hands? I learn by rote to read a map, noting the islands and the passage, the pillaged and the damned, how they all erode with time, the north star and the expanse of dry heat, fine sand. Who dares to say that a whole people are not a desire line? Baia fits into Duala's neat cove. Who unfolds a long shrift before the Patera's even left? Who hopes that a benign but mighty force quakes us? Who prays for Palermo and prays in pigeon? Who speaks what they need and gives grace in a patient tongue? Who has no mother and thus no mother tongue? Who needs Lampedusa when an isthmus is willing? Who needs an isthmus when both ends reach to nothing? Who needs a nothing when the map is not prophetic? Can you read a map? Who taught you the good north was that? Who told you where our kin licked the flame? Can you read a map? Who told you it was written in our tongue? Who named you and said, come straight to the light? Who named you, they said, come straight to the light? See the schism. See the schism and know that it can no longer hold water. From the other side, I don't reach for you, I pull you. I see that your palm is open and I wish to grip it carnivorously. Quietude gave earth substantial loss. The fairies encumber their own weight. They pass each other at close range. The unlikely vessels transmit their cargo. All the bodies carry on. Everyone on board is black. Everyone covets a faithful salvage. The carrion circle overhead. They patiently stake out the rippling time. Then time shirks us and newspapers yellow. Time evidence in furled edges. I wanted to hold their full weight in my palm. Palm is plan spelled oblong. The plan was to meet in the Alpujadas, work the farms till our good bones yellowed, work the earth till it shone gold black. We note the slippage of time, the spilling vessel, the elastic edges, the lax map, the precedent. They establish the changing need, less fuel, pack the vessel, reference the middle passage etches for knowledge of how the ship is packed, how the threads rope us into a seamless package, quietude, gaped earth, monumental loss, the crisp cutting siren of a new day dawning, the shoreline with its subtleties, and the mirror image that we name this duty. The spilling vessel, the elastic edges, the lax map, the precedent. We cut our losses, we named them knowledge. We came back heavy, we reached for the narrows. We lived in yeses and gracious miracles. Meanwhile, in our mourning, islands remember everything. That's how they subsist in memorial. They carry on hopeful that the archipelago remits light. 
the island searches out the light, and it's easy to find when you're primed for looking. We trusted in the cutting sea. Subcutaneously, we are gold. Our livers are fatty. Our lungs contain the dense, unkempt air. The mandible cuts fear. The ulna refracts elastic edges. The wave frequency extends eternum. I intend to measure the distance. We all supplicate and keen. We all supplicate and cup in exacting distance. The boats pass each other at close range. I count 77 bodies, 77 shoulder girdles abutting the wind. The unlikely vessels disgorge their cargo. Colony and agony rhyme and duress. All the bodies carry on. I must confess, the carry-on circle overhead. When time passes, newspapers yellow. The obituary's name, a weighted coffin. The lives never lose significance. We were born, each of us, manifold. And that's how we'll die, too, subcutaneously gold. The edges furl to show where time waned. I wanted to hold their full weight in my palm. Palm is plan spelled oblong. The plan was to meet. Palermo anciently slips with the tides, the spilling vessels, the elastic edges, the lax map, the precedent. How the threads rope us into a seamless package. Quietude, gaped earth, monumental loss. The crisp cutting siren of a day delivering. The shoreline with its subtleties and the alkaline duty equally of self and of a distant progeny. Sizable calamities, we yearn. She insisted upon a clean, clear expanse. She insisted upon a matte slate. She insisted upon a still canal. She insisted upon a strait. To my regret, she insisted that the dove come white. She insisted that the slope was more or less erect. She insisted we venture far. We needed new tongues. She demanded new tongues. She yearned new tongues. She insisted I come correct. We insisted the camp floors be swept daily. We stayed preoccupied with the camp's minutia. It was a way to keep our minds clean and sturdy, able and lax. To my satisfaction, we looked to the Lambent rays nightly. She required nine kilometers. To ride a patera the nine kilometers, commanding the waves in the dimmest glow, succumbing to the waves in the dimmest glow. She insisted that she had a body, a body from a lineage of empire, a body that is pliant, a body built whole. She extolled the swallow's murmuration, the undulation of an unkempt passage, the swallows dovetail and eke out their lives, and all we've got is our just pillage, and all we need is a waiting passage. What we exhort was indeed spent, and this is a dereliction that will not be unmade. In the event of shipwreck, remember, we will be named in the light, our bodies already merit the future. This is an inscription. Now brace yourself for the coming ruin. We are already named. Christina Cataneo is etching our names in stone, identifying us by the length of our collarbone. The kindest banality to be subsumed from the ocean floor. The concern that each body bears a heft. The clarity that every body bears the same heft. That in death we try and come correct. That our funerals are well attended that our headstones bear our given names, and the living do what they do best. I like to rise early and survey the camp's floors. I like to rise early and inhale the shore. I rise early as an insistence. I rise with the tide to skirt a dereliction. I was once a daughter held in stark relief against my own family. I was a daughter from an able country. I was a daughter with a body. 
My mother and my favorite sister wrap their winter shawls across their shoulders. My mother finds a real way to laugh. My father gauges the mood. She insisted that we know our mother. She turned the same stone under my thumb. She sought a tight space. She sought a womb that could hold her. She sought a womb with an exit. Everyone deserves deliverance. There are 99 names for God. Al-Shahid, the witness. Al-Wakil, the advocate. Al-Matin, and to Al-Mumit, the bringer of death, and to became correct. Wouldn't you like to be named in the light? I called their names in the consuming seas. Grief pocked in every country north of my own. Hamid, Farin, Miriam, Salma, stay sturdy, come clean. Stay incarnate, but mostly stay how you need. Stay loving, seek waters, but mostly remain. Because we stoke their thirst. We stoke their thirst. A collage. Say the marrow was divided, this richness neatly doled. The map was bifurcated, the incision was twofold. The depth at which we see fat and where we understand gold. Say the continent was once indelible and the coup a legendary expanse from the guiding hand of dispersal. If you wanted the frontier clean, then burnish it. If you wanted the map urgent, then keep us marooned. If the topography is so gaping we can't begin to name them, then this is the place that's unshackled and venerated. The lake was a sloping interior, one of ochre and matted schools of tuna, bird's eye, god's eye, a transference, all in our effort to punctuate the vantage. The lineage was dispersed across our vantage, neat but detrimental, near the plateau. The incision was twofold, then beyond, so we kept creasing. The national anthem is just a collection of wayward topographies. Through the pinhole, you can see we celebrated and got fervent. Nothing here is forlorn, beveled glass that was embedded dear from the start to the finish. I love my beguiling country, though the name I didn't ever learn. It didn't learn mine too. The chambers held ventricles, the chambers held atria. The cavities were filled with iron-rich effluence. The body is a firm border. I have a solid reference. I have images in sepia. It was shorthand for saying ocean. I couldn't be tasked with being the savior, not after all this power. Maybe some small god in waiting or a bridge to atonement. Through and through in golden silt that purified the saline water. It was the precision that we craved, so precarious in its movement. It was the load that we carried. It was the indolence called country. It was insoluble, to say the least, in body fat and auto-grease. The body is a firm border. I have a solid reference. I have images in sepia. It was shorthand for saying ocean. Be the blueprint. When I was eight, I wanted to be in architecture, to imagine my gaping life at 38, to be able to deign the window, the leaden door, the front, the side, the rear we would use that year, the scaffolding of the garret, and the window slope and narrowness. It was a state that we should claim, the honing state, I reckon, a state of being. I defined, I named, I subsumed, I assumed the best and most convincing state was through the storm door. When I was eight, I wanted to be in architecture. I was unsmiling, feral. I cried easily, was missing too many teeth, still wanted to breastfeed the blasphemy. 
I badly chiseled, I chipped, I collaged, I clawed, I cleaved, I hammered, I honed a state of being. Though now from God's vantage, that was not altogether for naught to wish a future so unforgiving, brutalist, Soviet, ideology laid bare in the building that was made to feel so small, made to feel so, made to feel so justly small while built very honed. I would be a body with rooms I could easily defenestrate, I could readily be, the picture windows witness a low-slung sun. I would deign the window, the leaden doors, the front, the side, the rear. The structure of the garret is in the window's neatness. I could push back the curtain, it's didactic, it's noted in the blueprint, the profile of our double helix. To be an architecture, I mean, I could, I mean, I didn't know then, I meant I would be a house that I myself could inhabit. After Hilda Hilst. A dog is content in centigrade. A cerulean retriever gathers a bouquet. The eyelids plead, don't you know me? How can I be? I have myriad ways to see. The neat, straight ruffian, the guest work, the exactness which takes courage, always in the choosing, searing in the distance. What could we name it? Hilda, Joseph, Guernica, all places festooned, the shrift unfolds in all its whiteness. Dog eyes, or you could say, loosely, tenderness prefers knowledge. Tender button, I mean the damp nose. It takes a certain courage to fillet the softest part, to glean the glowing parts. The eyelids plead, look, you know me, you know me. Field notes for topiary. One, the year was held together by a white dress. Two, I held out for the dunes. Three, the regalness of them was in the enveloping tide. Four, a blueprint is a resonant hand. Five, so delimited then boundless. Six, we were perilous in the drowning. Seven, the will for continuity was alarming. Eight, the valleys were as giving as the peaks. Nine, we were conditioned to smell the stench. 10, we were okay with not naming it. Nine, high tide is enveloping. Eight, I want to be contained. Seven, all many silence becoming. Six, the equanimity anyone can name us. Five, an architecture is brutal by nature. Four, the geography in the vastness. Three, the vacillating vastness. Two, leave something to be built. Chronology and Prostrate Daybook. 3.13 a.m., awake from a new fever dream. 6.11 a.m., P brain polyphonic. 6.42 a.m., my knowledge of Swahili diminished. 6.51 a.m., the August water in the Baltic on first sight silhouetted. 6.52 a.m., subsequently it was everything. 7.11, to avoid my polished shoe and human waste. 7.11, and with focused pleasure, remove animal waste with a twig. 8.18 a.m., the decay of other autumns, timelessly, the October of my mind, without reason. 8.19, and the indelible. 9 o'clock a.m., each in its given moment, each in a faultless aura, fecund, to look head on at the sun. We all crave a searing moment, though damned if we try and sequester a moment. 9 a.m., elongated. 9 a.m., held. 
9 a.m., stayed. 9.01, pastoral. 3.13 a.m., wish not for a full silo. 6.11 a.m., polyphony of the silence. 6.11 a.m., submerged and braying. 6.42 a.m., the exactitude was pretty good. 6.51, the August water at the Baltic on first sight silhouetted. 6.52 a.m., subsequently it was everything. Um, this is from, these are, I'm, I'm gonna read you two definitions of words that already exist that have been redefined. It's from a forthcoming anthology called Counter Desecration that's coming out next year from Wesleyan um, University Press. Um, atoll, the project is called Atoll of My Great Country. First definition is atoll, verb. Protect, fortify, build up, wall off, confidently proceed with limited knowledge, onward. Establish political precedents. One, how to use it in a sentence. A, we thought it safer to atoll ourselves than face head on the uncertain future. Noun, atoll. The rapid transformation of a once giving nation into one governed by latent fear bred from a presumed imminent threat. Nation states and atolls preemptively insulate themselves by building walls of increasing heights. The goal is for no one to see out or need out and for no one to see in or come in. How to use it in a sentence. A, where once existed contiguous open landforms, we now have mostly atolls. B, after sailing the perilous seas for the night, they arrived at land only to realize it was an atoll. Archipelago, noun. The assured acknowledgement that all islands emit light and all landforms are capable of receiving them. The archipelago acknowledges the dire state of being and, is thus, and it thus fortifies its knowledge by seeking out other islands beyond its knowing. The notion that other islands have answers to buoys the archipelago. For the past many centuries, the various islands of the planet's myriad archipelagos have got on well despite there being no walls. There is an open invitation for all atolled nations to seek out archipelagos. One, how to use it in a sentence. The archipelago knowledge that ties the islands are lit with an ascendant light. I think this might be the last piece that I read tonight. Thank you so much for coming. It's been a pleasure. Remember, we too are but the fold, a struggle to reach the astral. All can be considered light when you name it light. All light refracted is a hopeful light. A life raft carries the bodies of the just now dead. All hope descends to cloak a finality the finality reveres a moon's recent perigee, and the perigee speaks of a featherweight doom. The apogee speaks of a deadweight in vague terms, rather preferring the swath of even a cool northern light. The north is but a dedicated orientation, the north is but a detriment, and the underside of a shadow can be the eventual light. All we carefully assemble becomes our own archipelago, the time that waned when we thought it stood still the burden and the blessing of an able constitution. Light becomes luminous when you name it light. The most liminal light shirks a dereliction. All light is a desire line. All light begets better light. 
and assuredly it ekes out its keenest knowledge. Anything is light when it bears it heavy. Anything can be light when you call it light. All is luminous when the apogee shirks doom. All is luminous when I was seven years old. All is light laid bare when a dinghy reaches the shore. All is laid bare with a dinghy run aground. All is barren when a baby is buried nameless, the headstone simply naming its only reference. All is burnished when an infant reaches shore and a shadow is the underside of the eventual light. All light ultimately crests, new light reaches. I assume this is God's will. I assume God's will is ascendant. Light is limitless. A searchlight rightly casts a final glow. The Lambent light is its own direct knowing. It's okay, we got this. Remember, we too are but the fold. That which is creased ultimately sees its coming nation. All is luminous when the apogee shirks doom. All is luminous when the apogee shirks doom. Thank you. Sometimes I don't usually say anything after people read, but I haven't noticed in a long time that when people don't talk about themselves and their work, they don't say any curse words. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Terrence Hayes is the author of Lighthead, winner of the 2010 National Book Award. I'm sorry, I'm have a thing in my mouth because I'm trying not to cough. I'm really sick, as my little boy says. Um, okay, his other books are Wind in a Box and Muscular Music. His honors include a Whiting Writers Award, a National Endowment for the Arts Fellowship, a United States Artist Zell Fellowship, a Guggenheim, and a MacArthur. Terrence has won everything. How to Be Drawn, his most recent collection of poems was a finalist for the 2015 National Book Award, the 2016 National Book Critics Circle Award, and received the 2016 NAACP Image Award for poetry. He's the current poetry editor at the New York Times Magazine and has two forthcoming books, American Sonnets for My Past and Future Assassin, and To Float in the Space Between, Drawings and Essays in Conversation with Etheridge Knight. Sometimes I think Terence's work is best approached in terms of grammar and sentences, that we are invited to walk through a sentence challenged by what verse can do to suspend attention. We have to suspend attention or move slowly through grammar because his observations are both highly prismatic and kinetic. Verse being a structure to hold power at bay. He writes, my life as a hummer, I mean this is like a long sentence, but it's it's incredible. My life as a hummer followed my life as a gas of complex and commonplace observances concerning, for example, pathos, martyrs, enemies, and ruin. Or, I am so fucking vain I cannot believe anyone is threatened by me. Or his work is essentially prismatic or obsessed with aspects of various formations that cannot hold the observational power or genius, as in his poem of delirious tabulation, Who Are the Tribes? 
aspection or whatever is foreshadowed in the lyric experimentation or offerings, though, about which he is suspect, a whole book about which, about lyric reification. Also, I think the new poems are purposive and bold solutions to the problem of reification addressed in How to Be Drawn. The American sonnet for my past and future assassin, accepting interpolation rather luxuriously as a call to experiment 70 times. Terence Hayes is surprising and unclassifiable and maybe underread. I don't think we know how to read him at this time. Please welcome Terence Hayes to the Poetry Project. Thanks, Simone. I don't know how to read me either. Uh, so yeah, hi y'all, good to see you. I'm just gonna, uh, it's like a place to put this water. All right, um, yeah, so you know, I've been writing these poems called American Sonnets really for a year. And uh, let me tell you this story before I start. And then, uh, and so usually I read them and I don't talk because I can get caught up if I start talking. I just like going tangents and things. Um, so I've been reading them straight through. But the sort of side story is, you know, some people, some people at like Carnegie Hall were like, hey man, you wanna, we're working on this libretto with this guy, will you write the uh, lyrics, which they always want poets to do. So, you know, I said no. Uh, Cause I was like, man, I'm writing poems. And then they were like, oh, well, we'll look at them. So I, I sent them to them and then was sort of done. And they had a, a good composer. Uh, and then I sort of got in on a conversation with them just after I had finished this book. And uh, I could tell that they didn't know what to do. And I was like, this is connected to like knowing how to read. And I, I have been wondering if uh, only poets know what poetry is. <laughs> so I was like, well, I did send them poems. So I started thinking about some of the ones that I sent them and wondering if I could turn them into songs. And so I have been contemplating that, which is sort of in that spectrum of lyric. I got an idea, I think a poem is just a, you know, a song is just a simple poem or something, as you'll see in these things that have come out of what I've been doing. So I don't think I'll actually read them out, you know, anywhere else, but I'm just curious for myself. So don't come up to me talking to me later on about whether you like them and don't like them. Um, I'm just sort of, so you'll know, it's not for all of them, I just sort of put them in here. Um, and I'll tell you when. So essentially it's like, it's a poem and then I tried to write it as a song a couple of times. Uh, but otherwise I'll just read through in my normal way other than that interruption. So yeah, American Sonnet for My Past and Future Assassin. They all have the same title. Um, whatever an American Sonnet is, whoever the assassin is, you know, that kind of is what's changing or not changing sometimes. But uh, uh, so they're all different poems. Like I, I say the title every time because you know, uh, it's a new poem. American Sonnet for My Past and Future Assassin. Probably twilight makes blackness dangerous darkness. Probably all my encounters are existential jambalaya, which is to say a nigga can survive. Something happened in Sanford Something happened in Ferguson and Brooklyn and Charleston. Something happened in Chicago and Cleveland and Baltimore and happens almost everywhere in this country every day. Probably someone is prey in all of our encounters. You won't admit it. 
The names alive are like the names in graves. Probably twilight makes blackness darkness and a gate. Probably the dark blue skin of a black man matches the dark blue skin of his son the way one twilight matches another. American sonnet for my past and future assassin. Uh, see, that's what I mean if I start wanting to say stuff. This is like, you know, Leroy Jones assassinated, or Baraka assassinated Leroy Jones. Uh, American sonnet for my past and future assassin. For her last birthday, I found in a used New Jersey toy store a six-inch Amiri Baraka action figure with three different outfits an elaborately colored dashiki with an afro pick, a linen lininess getup, and a sports coat with elbow patches and wool kango. Accessories include an ink pen and his father's pistol. If you dip him in bath water, he will leak the names of his abandoned children. Pull a string, he sings, preface to a 20-volume suicide note, sweeter than the sweetest alto ever to sing in the boys' choir of Harlem. The store clerk tried selling me the actual 20-volume note Leroy Jones wrote the night before Baraka put a bullet in him. I would have bought it, but I had no room in my suitcase. American sonnet for my past and future assassin. A brother versed in ideological and material swagger seeks dime-ass trill bitch starved enough to hang do-ragged and smoke she can smell and therefore inhale and therefore feel. Must ride shotgun pouring fountains of bass upon the landscape. Must be fat-assed, fearless, and God-fearing, an ancestral insurgent, clean as new money, a cryptographer, a storyteller, a glossy sleeve. There will be jewelry of woo there will be a jewelry of wooing. There will be stacks of folded longing. Amid twilight verbiage and parking lot smelling of live wire, liquor, hot air, and fire, accompany a brother. Shout out to vixens and bitches out there twerking for fucks in Bluff Estates, Washington Park, Starlight, Shop Road, Joe Frazier, Harlem Street, this is daddy's boy who wanted. Okay, so here's one of them. Uh, you can always tell the new stuff's coming. Get Dewey. Uh, American sign for my past and future assassin. I am full of more water than a forest and the adrenaline and the adrenaline of a spooked horse, but I'm a time lord. My armor is flesh and spirit. I carry a flag bearing a different nation on each side. I carry money bearing the face of my assassins. I'm good company and pretty fun for a little while. A whirlwind, I tend to repeat my mistakes. I'm a camera with no cameraman and my own personal assistant. The truth is easy to see when it's before you, but it's deceptive otherwise. I am selfish. I am a religion. You are a religion. Together, we are a religion. My love is oppressive. I'm a time lord. So I was like, that's the song. So I sent that, like, yeah, you can do something with that, man. He couldn't. <laughs> Here's the song version of it. Lord, I'm trying to break myself open. 
this song of mine wants to be a whirlwind. You are both religion and assassin. I am both assassin and religion. My armor is made of flesh and spirit. I am your story. I am your lyric. Lord, I'm trying to break free of prison. This song of mine becomes a weapon. You are both compass and situation. I am blindness, rumor, insight, vision. My courage is made of flesh and spirit. I am your story. I am your lyric. Lord, I'm trying to break free again. This song of mine is made of, lo made of love and skin. This song of mine must become a weapon. This song of mine must become a whirlwind. See, I think that's still a poem, but you know, we'll see. All right. Uh, American sign up for my past and future assassin. This word can be the difference between knowing and thinking. It's the name people of color call themselves on weekends and the name colorful people call their enemies and friends. It used to be the word for the absence of inheritance. Before that, it was the word for the feeling of burlap. When Lincoln witnessed a slave auction in his boyhood, it was the first word to enter his mind. Before it evoked a kind of bewildering mothering, it evoked Job's afro silvering with suffering. It is the difference between cursive, tantrum, assault, and pepper spray. It is the title of that absurd three-act play where the actors say nothing but who can say, and who can say, who can say for two hours straight. American sign-up for my past and future assassin. Suppose you could speak nothing but money and acrimony. Suppose all the sunflowers Van Gogh destroyed, all the stones in Virginia's pockets, and all the stones Georgia painted as vaginas were simply a matter of making something greater than money. Prince taught us a real man has a beautiful woman in him. Suppose we cannot forget what happened in money. Suppose you're someone who celebrates Thomas Jefferson's birthday. Suppose he was someone whose love for a black woman was blinded by blackness, hers and his, yours and mine. I ain't mad at you, assassin. It's not the bad people who are brave, I fear. It's the good people who are afraid. American sonnet for my past and future assassin. My mother says I am beautiful inside and out, but my lover never believed it. My lover never believed I held her name in my mouth. My mother calls me her silver bullet, her mercy pill, the metal along her spine. I am my mother's bewildering shadow. My lover's bewildering shadow is also mine. I have wept listening to a terrible, bewildering music break and break over and through and down a black woman's voice. I talk to myself like her sister. Assassin, you are a mystery to me, I say to my reflection sometimes. You are beautiful because of your sadness, but you would be more beautiful without your fear.
Okay, here's another one. American sonnet for my past and future assassin. I cut myself on some glass in the water. I was out driving around the stars. I was chopping wood out back. I was at the abattoir grabbing a snack. I was grabbing my phone in the truck. I was smoking below the boat deck. I was practicing electric guitar. I was listening to aspiring laughter. I was on the toilet with a magazine. I was home awaiting a limousine. I was bargaining with the mortician. I was laying a great foundation. I was practicing trumpet while drowning. I was grinding my hooves to nails. All right, here's a, a song version of that. I was out driving around the stars when your nightmares attacked. When your hunger turned to greed, I was at the abattoir grabbing a snack. I raised my hands up to the sky when your clans and lawmen came for me. My blackness was my alibi. You want to jail me, sell me, quiet me, because I love inspiring love and laughter. My blackness is my alibi. I raised my hands up to the sky to be godly. I pray for my enemy what I pray for my family, to be godly. I raise my hands up to the sky. My blackness is my alibi. My blackness is my alibi. American sonnet for my past and future assassin. Later, the white boy we once beat like a drum died after crashing his Camaro around the bend off Shop Road. He was an asshole. Ask the baby black boys he bullied at Robert E. Lee Middle School, where the Robert E. Lee statue was painted white so often over the years, it looked like someone covered in a sheet of glue. I would not have liked to attend a middle school named after Emmett Till, or for that matter, any murdered black person. When I was the age, Emmett, when I was the age of Emmett Till, I reckoned MLK was an old man at the age he was killed. I am old enough now to know the drum, though beaten, is not an instrument of violence, nor is the banjo or whistle. I'm sorry I missed that white boy's funeral. American sonnet for my past and future assassin. Overaged, overgrave, overlooked brother seeks adjoining variable female structure covered in chocolate, cinnamon, molasses, freckled, sandy, or sunset colored flesh, expressively motored by a blend of intellectual fat and muscle, while several complex and simple emotional frequencies pulse along her veins must be a careful and moderately self-indulgent cinematographer, modestly self-conscious, reasonably self-important, spiritually self-educated, marginally self-destructive, must be willing to raise orchids or kids in a land of assassins, willing to wield a fluid expression in the war her lover wages against himself, and a silver tongue in the war we wage against death. My heart, it will take a little more sunlight, a little more evening 
just the two of us breathing. I know it will take a little more medicine, a little longer healing, just the two of us breathing. My heart, it will take a little more courage to love you. I promise to take less because it will take more to love you. Come back to me. My heart, it will take fat and muscle and frequency, orchids of forgiveness, just the two of us breathing. I know, I know, I know. My heart, it will take a little more courage to love you. I promise to take less because it will take more to love you. Come back to me. So there's a song. Um, okay, yeah, here's something. American Sonnet for My Past and Future Assassin. I want to read this one twice. I only intend to send word to my future self-perpetuation is a war against time travel is essentially the aim of any religion, is blindness the color. One sees underwater the darkness can appear to overshadow the benefits of blackness. Can seem radical black people in America are rarely compulsive high-fivers believe joy is a matter of touching others is forbidden. The only word God doesn't know, you have to heal yourself to truly be heroic. You have to think of killing your self-awareness requires a touch of blindness and self-importance is the only word God knows. To be free is to live because only the dead are slaves. American Sonnet for my past and future assassin. I only intend to send word to my future. Self-perpetuation is a war against time. Travel is essentially the aim of any religion. It's blindness the color one sees underwater. The darkness can appear to overshadow. The benefits of blackness can seem radical. Black people in America are rarely compulsive. High fivers believe joy is a matter of touching others. Is forbidden the only word God doesn't know. You have to heal yourself to truly be heroic. You have to think once a day of killing yourself. Awareness requires a touch of blindness and self. Importance is the only word God knows. To be free is to live because only the dead are slaves. Uh, I think a couple more, I feel like I'm skipping over stuff in here. Um, oh yeah, okay, here's since we did the time, Lord. I guess I'll just read a couple more. Uh, American Sonnet for My Past and Future Assassin. In a parallel world where all the Doctor Who's are black, I'm the doctor who knows no God is more powerful than time. In a parallel world where all the doctors who are black see cops box black boys in cop cars and caskets, I'm the doctor who blacks out whenever he sees a police box. In a parallel world where doctors who box cops and caskets cry doing their jobs, I disappear inside a skull that's larger on the inside. Question, if in a parallel world where every Doctor Who was black, you were the complex Time Lord, when and where would you explore? My answer is a brother has to know how to time travel and doctor himself when a knee or shoe stalls against his neck. Uh, 
Yeah, like, do I really want to end with that? I don't know if I do. Okay, yeah, I just I'll do uh, two more. American sign up for my past and future assassin. Because he cannot distinguish a blackbird from a crow or a raven, it's all the more brazen when the autocrat kisses a cat. Because he's a kettle of oil about to boil, it's all the more touching when the despot pets a pet. The skin breaks so easily, he says, but he cries it softly. Because he's someone who can't distinguish a horse from a zebra without the stripes, he can't describe himself without looking in a mirror. Baller, baller, dentures, makeup. Because he's someone who cannot distinguish meat from malarkey, anything close to his mouth gets bitten. He's almost too needy to be the true villain. Uh, okay, two more. American signer for my past and future assassin. The umpteenth thump on the rump of a badunkadunk stumps us. The lunk, the chump, the hunk of plunder, the umpteenth horny, honky stump speech pumps a funky rumble over air. The umpteenth slump in our humming democracy, a bumble bureaucracy with teeny tiny wings too small for its rumpled dumpling of a body. Humpty Dumpty frumpy suit, the umpteenth honk of a hollow thunder, the umpteenth believe me, the umpteenth grumpy jumpy retort. Chump change, casino game, tuxedo, teeth bleach, stump speech. Junk science, jump bond, junk country, stump speech. The umpteenth boast stumps our toe. The umpteenth falsehood stumps our elbows and eyeballs, our nose and nose, our woes and wows and woes. Um, okay, so this is the last one. Uh, last two, you know, because uh, there's another version of it. I just don't know if I should end on something I've never read before. Okay, American signing for my past and future assassin. Maybe I won't end on that one. Because there was, okay, American signing for my past and future assassin. Because there never was a black male hysteria, as if being called nigger never makes you disappear. As if the fear of other people never makes you levitate. As if the nuzzle of a bullet can't poke a hole in your breath. As if you cannot drink from the river when into the river you disappear and water floods the hole in your breath. You make shit, you piss, you calculate mistakes, you can turn stone into metal. You are able to breathe wind. Air touches your skin and you disappear. It's crazy. It's as if you are not being hunted by hysteria. It's as if your death is never death. You appear, you appear to disappear, you disappear. And actually, I, you know, I, I decided to title this one. So this one's just called American Sonnet, which does not mean I'm gonna write a book now with just things called American Sonnet. I was just trying to make myself just stop um, writing them. So this is like, I think it's the last one. And again, it's a song version um, of uh, that thing I just read, I guess. American Sonnet. When walking, hope is a swagger. 
when sleeping hope is a lullaby, when breathing hope is oxygen, when drunk hope is wine, when dirty hope is water, when unfilled hope is a well, when unwell hope is medicine, when impatient hope is patience, when lonely hope is company, when poor hope is money, when hungry hope is meat, when hunted hope is a knife, when angry hope is a blade, when wounded hope is what heals me. I think I'm gonna stop there, y'all. That's what I'm gonna do. I, th I think that's all right. Thank you. That's it. Thanks for coming. I'll see you not next week, but the week after.